The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we are going to be joined today by Eric Kruger with Smart Yield. And we're going to dive into the, the great, our livestock side of it uh, first off. And as we look at the markets, I liked your comment when you talked about the cash cattle has really seen some support as of late. It's just kind of stayed at that level basis, which is, which is good news for our cattlemen. Yeah, it really is. We've seen we've seen cash kind of hold steady here over the last you know week and a half to two weeks, and futures is kind of you know we had that big break and it stayed down, but we've we're, futures is up uh, ten bucks off the low, but we've really seen cash cattle hold here in the low one twenties, and um, the way it sounds, you know, packer margins are strong and, and feeder margins are strong, so it looks like that demand's there, and we we should see cash supported here going forward for a little while longer. You know, we've had uh, such a odd duck of a year i know a few years ago it's kind of a repeat of what we had but it's been so cold and so wet nobody's enthusiastic about going out and starting out the grills and for a while there that had a big effect across the meat counter it, it did, but it's it's really good to see we're seeing beef at beef prices at the highest we've seen them since you know June of last year. So um, I think that demand is picking up, and of course we'll see that with the warmer weather. But if anything, it should help slow um, any cash downturn that we're going to see with this wall of cattle that that will be here at some point. Um, it sounds like you know we keep saying it's a few more weeks and it'll be here, and it, and it will. Um, and it's probably going to at some point before this June contract comes off, we'll see the futures and the cash come together a little bit, but. I don't think that means cash is, is going to make an extreme break, and I don't think it means futures are going to make an extreme run. Usually we see those kind of come together somewhere in the middle, and, and if that means we can keep cash supported a little bit, there's still some pretty good profitability there. Well, you know, you talk of, of, this, of this movement, and you say it kind of really ramped up pretty fast when it came to demand and kind of holding out to levels we saw June of seventeen. Yeah, it really has. And I think there's, you know, there's one caveat that we, we talk about and what could really maybe push this even a little farther is that, that the funds have continued to support their short position um, on any move up here. And, and if you if you see it and if you watch this market, cash is kind of held steady. We're seeing cash held steady in this 124, 126 area this week at the end of last week, same area. But we've seen futures on, on, on run-ups here. We get to that 107 area on that front month and then it gets sold and uh, it gets bought back right away. And I think that's... It's the market trying to figure out, you know, where this needs to come together. But, you know, if, if you're asking me, there's, there's a strong enough cash basis there that um, if you are a feeder and you've, you've got cattle that are going to be ready, you need to, you know, really get a handle on when they're going to be ready and get ready to move them to take advantage of this cash basis. Well, what about these green cattle? Why are we seeing such green cattle headed to market so fast? Well, it's, it's it's because of that cash price. You know, if you, if you step back and look at it, if even if, you know, for some of these guys that took advantage of the move up we had prior to the break, they were able to exit some hedges and take some money to the sideline, and our cash has stayed put. So, you know, they're getting to have their cake and eat it too a little bit, and I think um, guys are going to push cattle ahead as fast as we can because we do know that there's going to be a lot of cattle um, ready to come to the packer here over the next probably 30 to 60 days. So I was going to ask you that. Is that going to cause, though, a glut down the road if we're pushing them too quick? 
Uh, you know, I think so. And I, I think that's what uh, the futures priced in on that break. You know, the futures went down and said, hey, here's the numbers. The numbers aren't going to lie. We're going to have them. Um, but, but I think, you know, we're chewing through that slaughters up. And at some point, um, demand has helped because demand's been strong. But at some point, like we said, we'll probably see cash continue to trend down a little bit and, and stabilize. But right now, um, it looks at least, you know, in some, in some sales out over the next few weeks, it looks like this 120 level is going to hold for a little bit. So curiosity, with as dry as it's been to the south, are we going to see a bigger push coming from the south, moving cattle out faster than, say, you know, the cattle guys in the north? Yeah, I think I think we're seeing that, and I, I've heard some talk of that. And I think when if you know if you don't have the grass, they're going to have to move the cattle. So um, I, I think you're really going to see that. Um, that's something that we'll see if what the market wants to do as far as pricing that and, and where those cattle go, but. Um, we know that's only going to add to the to the blood of cattle we do have, but um, at some point then that turns and um, those cattle need to be replaced, um, and you know then it turns this market. For the feeder cattle, I saw somebody said it just kind of took a deep breath in the trade today. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. Um, it, you know, we've really just kind of priced ourselves into a level where it's kind of a wait and see market right now and we've we've really had some strong cash and cash continues to stay strong and futures is just holding steady so i i think it is i think it's kind of a wait and see and we're gonna uh, see what happens is there going to be pressure from the other proteins though as we head into these summer months I, I think there is. You know, we haven't talked about hogs yet, but, you know, uh, the numbers came out this week and we saw we had um, a record monthly export in March, the highest ever monthly exports for hogs in March. And I think that supported that market because hogs have had a pretty good break here and they were, you know, they were able to finish up a little bit today. But um, for the short term, I think that provides some support to that market. It should help beef. But there's there's a lot of other proteins, a lot of competing proteins out there that are going to um, that are going to hurt when we have a, a lot of beef available. You know, we always talk about the hogs being on the downside of everything. It's nice to say that, hey, it's the hogs that are having the good exports compared to everything else. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, there's a little bit of positive news we've heard over the last week and a half, two weeks about NAFTA. And if we could really get something in place there, and I, who knows, you know, you can't speculate on if and when that happens. But um, if we can't come to agreement, that'll only help support beef and pork. Can the cash prices, though, continue higher for the hogs? I think a little bit short term. Um, but then I think that we just slaughters up and we've got a lot of supply there too. So I, I think we're going to come into a tidy time of the year where demand's going to be strong. But when um, you look at the supply numbers on hogs and beef and, and just proteins in general, I think it's going to be tough. It's a good time to get the grill out, get some beef going on there and top it all off with bacon, right? <laughs> That's right. That is right. Now that we've made folks hungry in this late afternoon, stick around. We do have more of the Fontenelle final bell coming up. Don't worry, we're going to dive into the happenings of the grain side of the market trade. Some interesting things there. Uh, beans, you know, they continue to have the struggle bus, but it's the corn and the wheat that are shining for this week. Stick around, because we will get more coming up from Eric Kruger. Eric joins us. He's with Smart Yield out of Kearney. You're listening to the Fontenelle final bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we are being joined by Eric Kruger. Eric is with Smart Yield based out of Kearney, Nebraska. We look at these markets, Eric, because we switch gears now to, to head over to the grain complex. It's been kind of an interesting week, to say the least. At least when we wrap up on the on end of week, we did see some decent numbers from the corn and the wheat. Um, 
but the beans kind of been stuck. Let's start with corn and the wheat because they did have a decent week this week. Yeah, we did have a decent week in corn and in wheat. And if you look at corn, we'll just start with corn. Um, you know, over the last 10 sessions, we're up over 20 cents. We had corn close above that 420 area on the new crop, the old crop. Um, may come off the board soon, but right at that $4 level, July up above that 405, 406 area. So we've seen a really nice run in corn. And, you know, it's it's probably going to continue to be supported. Um, we look at these breaks. The market's getting a little overbought, so we could see maybe a little more down. You know, we were off a little bit today. But you look on the week, and it's the highest uh, close of the week we've had since last summer. Uh, it's very supportive. It's a little different than we've seen the last few years this time of year. So um, I, I think on pullbacks, you're seeing money come in and buy, and I think you're seeing uh, those opportunities are going to be continued to be supported. If you just look at the big scheme of things in the corn market, if, if we plant uh, the amount of acres the USDA assumes we're going to plant, and we keep uh, trend line yield, you know, even if it's the 174 area, which would be almost maybe the third highest on record, um, if usage kind of stays the same, we're still going to look at bringing our ending stock down and, and tighten up that stocks to use ratio and if that happens um, corn should be supported here for the foreseeable future you look at the the wheat market they had a lot of outside influences today in the sense uh, this week because they had the wheat quality tour taking place in Kansas and a lot of thoughts of damage really came to fruition yeah, they really did. You know, the number was much lower um, in Kansas at, at like 37 bushels compared to uh, last year's number around of almost 49. So um, wheat's been supported, and we, we saw wheat make a really nice run this week. We had a rough day today, you know, double digits down today. But um, uh, over the last 10 sessions, you go to wheat over the last two weeks, 70 cents up. You know, so if we give a little bit back today, I think that's probably warranted. We're a little overbought. But um the weather outlook doesn't look like it's going to change. Um, it looks like uh, forecast should keep this bullish uh, for, for the winter wheat and spring wheat. It sounds like there's a lot more going in the ground, but um, it looks like wheat should be supported. And just like corn, we're back at some of the highest levels we've seen since last summer. So um, it, it looks like there could be some more upside there, but um, time will tell. On the soybean market, I mean, we had an awesome day on Thursday, but they really have had a lot of lower numbers put in place. A lot of confirmation of China saying we're backing away from the U.S. Other influences that you're seeing for this bean market? Yeah, I think beans have been range-bound, and I think uh, you know we really have over the last few weeks, and we saw a really nice push at the end with a little bit of news, thinking, like you said, thinking we're going to have some positive trade talks with China, and then that doesn't come to fruition, and we sell off today, but it's really kind of back to where we were before that moved up at the end of the day yesterday, and when we look at beans, I think really the main driver is going to be meal. Um, meal's been chopping up in the new highs recently, and we've had a couple days down here, but if we can find support in that meal market, and I think we should with a little, little bit of continued uncertainty out of South America, getting through harvest in Argentina. If we can see meal uh, supported a little bit, then I think beans will continue in this range until we get a little further down the road and figure out a little bit more on our crop and uh, what we're going to have with exports. Well, they had some struggles um, in the southern hemisphere. Weather has not been very cooperative, just like it's been here. So does that lead to some concerns for you guys with the second crop going on? Yeah, it does. And I think that's just another another caveat um, to help, you know, especially the corn market. That second crop, Brazil, Brazil crop, is, is really um, seeing extreme dryness. And I think that's that's only helped to continue to support kind of a positive tone and a positive move up that we've seen in corn. And I think you look at corn and last summer's high, 429 and a half is probably uh, that next target area. And then, you know, I don't I don't know if we if we push through that, if we can, if we don't, we'll see. But, um, you know, once we 
week. We got to see what's going to happen with our crop. And, you know, we've seen open weather come through and we're going to have our crop in the ground in a pretty good time this year, I think it looks like. And, and then it all comes down to, uh, summer weather. But right now we've got, we've got prices at levels that, uh, we have to feel pretty comfortable with. If only you knew what that summer weather was going to bring, right? Exactly, exactly. Well, as you look at this crop, I mean, this contracts is an overhaul for the for the grains this week, and as we move towards next week, what are some of your thoughts and things that we need to kind of keep an eye out, producer wise, grower wise, with these markets? Yeah, I think we're going to see jumps in planting, of course, on Monday. Um, we do have a, a USDA report coming out um, next week, so I think that'll be interesting to see on where we put some world numbers to see if see if they're going to start moving us and dialing back some of these world uh, supply numbers and looking for the outlook for this year's crop to see if that comes down a little bit. And if that does, I think it supports supports these grain markets. But either way, if you're a producer, um, we've got corn, corn and beans, of course, in a very good position right now where we probably are on the right side of the balance sheet um you can make some profitable decisions and um you know we always tell guys there's just you know we hope this keeps going but you can't market on hope you've got to have a plan in place and if if you know if we see these numbers hit and some guys have hit some of their targets you know above 420 and you know i think you know that's that's above last year's high so lots to think about as we head through the weekend best way to reach you oh yeah you can read us uh, by phone at 308-234-6805 or online at mysmartyield.com and that's the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network.